Welcome to the Empowered Essence Podcast, where we liberate you and empower you to let your soul lead the way in life and business. I am your host, Laura Lawrence, sharing my thoughts and intimate conversations with featured guests on human design, energetics, and spirituality to provide you with the tools you need to tap into your most authentic self. I am here to empower you to walk away feeling ready to live your most expansive and purposeful life. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Empowered Essence. I'm really excited about this conversation today because it's something that I'm just very curious about in terms of learning more. I've seen it more and more pop up on social media, friends talking about this, but um, it's just something that's just caught my attention and I'm just curious to learn a lot more. So today we've got Julie Hagen with us. And she is a lawyer turned microdosing expert. So it is so cool. And I'm so excited to dive into your background. But before we before we dive into that, I just wanted to share. So I met Julie online um, through a common acquaintance. And I had heard this other person talk about her and I just got intrigued and followed her and joined her masterclass uh, the other week. And so Julie led us through in her masterclass, a breathwork session, and I've never done breathwork before. And it was game changing. It literally, it was like this experience that I've never experienced before where I just like became so in my body and felt this like, power coursing through my body. That's the best way that I could explain it. It was like this energy vibrating through my body as I was like just breathing, which makes me so fascinated by the fact that our bodies, like just by doing some very basic functions, like breathing can get us to like tap into our inner knowings, our power, our purpose and, and our energy. So I think that breath work is just so cool. Um, but without further ado, that's just a background. And, and she actually reached. And so during this session, I was thinking to myself, I was like, I've got to have her on this podcast, but she actually reached out to me a couple of days after the masterclass and said, Hey, Laura, like, I'm really interested in human design. I'd love to be on your podcast. So it was just very serendipitous that we were both thinking of each other. And I'm just so excited to have you on the podcast today. So without further ado, welcome Julie to the podcast. Thank you so much for that introduction. And I really appreciate that you reached out after the breathwork session and just shared what had come up for you because yeah, it's interesting, right? Like we're online. So maybe for us, it's a little easier to like make a connection and sort of open up. But when people share, it's really, um, I wouldn't say validating, but like it helps fuel my work. It's like, it's a sign from the universe to me. Like that's my um, invitation to keep going, right. To think like this work is helping people. Like I need to stick with it because, you know, as business owners, like business isn't always like easy or free flowing, but it can feel really good when you know you help someone. Yeah. Yeah. I call them earth angels. It's like these, these people that come into our life that share these profound insights after having worked with you and it's, it is that confirmation. It's that validation that, Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm on the right path. So I'm so glad I could be that for you. I know I've, I've had a few of those along the way as well. And, and it's definitely something that makes you smile. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited to be here and talk. Um, I think we both have such, um, powerful 
modalities in our business. And both of them are really like things people become more and more interested in, right? Because I remember like growing up, I of course like knew my astrology, like at least in a basic way, right? But like human design was something I discovered later. And it's, I think there's two really powerful things that are coming forth to support people in like a new evolution and expansion. Yeah. Yeah. I truly believe that whatever modality it is that you're introduced at a particular point in time, like you were meant to discover it at that time. And like human design came into my life at that exact right time. And I'm sure microdosing came into your life at the exact right time. So I can't wait to dive into that. So I would love for you to give a little bit of background on yourself, um, your journey, and and just for the audience to get to know you a little bit better. Cool. Um, thank you. Well, I used to start my story when I first started coaching when I was a lawyer, um, but I think actually now it come, makes a little bit more sense to go a little bit further back and come really full circle in this. But when I started uh, undergrad, I really thought that I wanted to be a doctor and I was very interested in like um, neuroscience. So really what I wanted to do was like get a PhD in neuroscience and go do research. Um, but I was obsessed with like philosophies, like Plato, the cave and the black box, like where does consciousness come from? Um, like that sort of theoretical side of it and, and psychology ultimately blood really scared me away from the field. And I was kind of like, what am I going to do with this? Like neuroscience philosophy, psychology degree It was really cool. It's a, a unique degree to my university. It was called PNP, but, um, in a very practical way, I sat down and made a pros and cons list of what I was good at and what I liked. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll be a lawyer now. <laughs> um, so I took the LSAT, became a lawyer, and I love, I love the higher level thinking and concepts that go into the law. I'm very like intrigued by that in the same way that I was intrigued by this idea of consciousness. Um, and I stay abreast of the law and. I practiced for four years in corporate law, but ultimately it just wasn't my passion. And I felt very disconnected from myself in that experience. And I was very, very anxious, like is probably the best overall word to to describe it. I just, I experienced a lot of ruminations, like unable to let go of thoughts. And in my ruminations, I would always choose like worst case scenario thoughts. Like literally I called them apocalyptic thinking. Um, I was very disconnected from my body. I'd realized I lost my dad at a young age, and I realized while I was still practicing that I experienced intense dis- I experienced intense dissociation from my body um as like a trauma response, right? And so I was like really unraveling all these things. And I kind of on a whim, I don't want to say it was like on a whim, on a whim because if the, like the pandemic had it have happened, things would have turned out a little bit differently with my trajectory and like the firm I was going to work for here in California. But I quit my job in um, Illinois and moved to California. And I dove really deep into personal development because I knew like, I just didn't like who I was being ultimately. Um, and from there, I... I was like, I can do this. Like I could coach people come to me for advice. So I got certified in regular, just like success in life coaching, loved it. But I had sort of a hard time, like translating this work into something that was like super approachable for everyone. Cause I tended to work with like entrepreneurs and higher level business owners, just like from my corporate background. Um, but I knew like there was some way I could serve more people. And then I reached sort of a personal plateau in my own growth. And I've always been a bit of a psychonaut in a more recreational sense. And I was like, no, you can do this in a beautiful, like intention. I was always very intentional with my, with my, um, psychedelic use. Like it was for my own healing and 
I would take myself through journeys and it wasn't like a, a crazy, like rampage party fuel thing, but it was like, I didn't necessarily have the skills behind it. I had coaching. So like that, that definitely supported me, but I got interested in like trip sitting. So now I'm a trip sitter and I can take people through larger journeys, but I was interested in like, how can I maximize the benefits of this practice on a daily basis? Because obviously you can't, you know, <laughs> go on a journey every single day, found microdosing, researched it, began taking classes, created a whole program that supports the positive effects in your brain with microdosing. And like, here we are, it's something that like, so many people are loving and using and honestly almost everyone can benefit from the practice of microdosing there are some groups that just really shouldn't and for whom it would not be supportive but like just the amount of people that have had amazing results through this work makes me so happy yeah that is, that is so cool your journey um what I love about what you said at the very beginning, how you really like gravitated towards like more of that like neuroscience piece, I can totally relate to that. So when I was in university, I did my business degree, but my favorite courses in university were psychology. I loved understanding people. I loved understanding why they are the way that they are. So it's really interesting that something that you were just so naturally passionate about passionate about and gravitated towards is actually where you're ended up now, which is very similar to me. Although I'm not a psychologist, it's, it's, I, I I've always uh, loved understanding people and then the way that they think and what they do. So that's, that is so cool. So tell us more about microdosing because I think a lot of people can be like, oh my gosh, like you're doing psychedelics, like that's not safe or there, what are the implications of it? So can you just tell people what is microdosing and, and why is it different than going on a journey or a trip? Um, that's such a great question. And I think it's really important at the beginning of the question to say that microdosing simply means taking a small amount of a substance, um, small enough that you don't necessarily feel the same effects that are associated with the substance. So you can microdose a lot of things, right? Like you could microdose um, LSD, cannabis, or psilocybin. I facilitate with psilocybin or magic mushrooms. Um, and it's a fraction of a normal dose that would result in a trip. So microdosing inherently means there is no trip. And really, if you quote unquote feel something, you're not technically taking a microdose. So there are different people in the field and they recommend different protocols, but the protocol I follow calls for like the smallest amount possible because yeah, in my mind, when you're taking those, you know, even a few grams more or sorry, milligrams more, you start to experience not hallucinations, but you can kind of notice something in a way that is more profound. And that to me is not a microdose, right? Like a microdose should be a very subtle um, change in affect. So there are kind of two ways to process it. And I found like with working with my clients, some people either feel like they took a cup of, they had a cup of coffee, like a nice, you know, yummy cup of coffee and they have more energy, but it's like a clear sort of energy. They're focused, um, you know, not jittery or on edge. They're emotionally available to the people around them. And it's sort of like, either way, it's always sort of like things just sort of roll off your back. So you get cut off in traffic. And instead of like saying, you know, F you, it's a, eh, they really must have needed to go somewhere. That's okay. Um, or the other type of experience that people tend to have is like, and this I've found for people who are already pretty versed in some sort of like bodily practice is like, it's almost like a, an ability to deepen into their body. 
So for people who already meditate, like you can sort of drop into that very powerful presence right away. And because it's such a small dose, because you're not feeling the effects, you can still get the positive results in your brain without feeling like you're out of control or, you know, you don't feel like yourself or anything else that people might've experienced with a trip. So if you've ever had a bad trip, I'm so sorry. I just want to let you know, like, that's not what microdosing is. And there's no way to have a bad trip um, on the protocol that I recommend and use in my program. And if you're someone out there who's scared of, of microdosing, because it does involve psychedelics, I just want to assure you that there's no tripping involved, but there is, there are very powerful changes in your brain. If we could go into that. Yeah, I would love to know. So I, as you were talking, I was, I was thinking about questions that I wanted to ask you. So I, I definitely want to know, like, what are, what are the impacts to the brain? Cause I know, um, so my first line, I'm like diving into this. So when, when I first discovered it, I started Googling a lot. And, and, and so to understand like, what is, I've read a lot about how it changes your neural pathways, how it uh, improves your cognitive function. So like, how is that? Why is that? What's the the science behind it? So there are three really core. I mean, there's a lot of science behind it. And I love, I love reading research papers. Like I know that probably sounds like what is wrong with this girl, but I really do. Um, I, I worked in labs in undergrad and, uh, but there's three really core concepts that I think people get to understand and hear in order to make, you know, more of an informed decision around this modality. And the first one is this idea of entropy, which is essentially just chaos in our brain. And I know that sounds bad, but for people who experience anxiety, depression, OCD, or PTSD, or who are looking to, you know, maybe get a boost of creativity, our brain tends to fire, you know, neurons that uh, wire together, fire together, or fire together, wire together. Um, and we tend to experience similar connections day after day after day. So, you know, in, in neurolinguistic programming in this modality that I have in coaching, I think it's like 90% of your thoughts are recycled day like day to day. So you only have this 10% window to make a change, right? So that's why sometimes changing your beliefs and changing your default um, thinking patterns is so hard because the way our brains currently work, it just, we default back to this old way of thinking. So for people with those um, experiences, I mentioned like anxiety and depression, what happens is we develop really, and I say we, because I have had a lot of experience with anxiety, develop really deep ridges in our brain. So not only do we go toward worst case scenario thoughts and thoughts that are unsupportive. Um, but it becomes easier and easier to do that because it's almost like water creating like canyons. It just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Like with the Grand Canyon, that's what's in our brain is like. Um, so when we increase entropy, we're allowing for new roads to come into our brain, right? For new pathways, for new ideas, innovation in all sorts of senses. And the ridges kind of get smoothed down. So those new neural pathways as a result of entropy is called neuroplasticity. We're creating new connections in our brain, but without the support of the tools, something like my program or other things, meditation, um, intentional rewiring, those new pathways aren't going to stick. Um, I just went on a date with someone. He goes, oh, so it's like taking steroids, but not going to the gym. And I was like, weird flex, but yes, like, <laughs> that's basically what's happening. You're, you're take, or taking pre-workout, right. And not going to the gym. And, you know, you can't like in the same way that steroids aren't a magic bullet to, um, you know, change your body. And I just want to be very clear that I had no way advocate for steroids. I just thought it was a funny example and a good, like a good, uh, you know, 
suggestion or not a suggestion, but a metaphor that he used. And yeah, so in the same way, like you really have to do the work to change things. That's why people who kind of microdose one off, they might say like to have a good day, but they don't really see any long lasting change. It's because they didn't do anything to make the new connection stick. But the coolest part about um, psychedelics in my mind and psilocybin is the effect it has on this thing called the default mode network in our brain. So the default mode network is a series of interconnected structures. And it's really where we find our ego, right? Um, Those I statements, um, victimization, thinking about the conversation. It's like where you're in the shower and you're playing out the conversation and you're thinking, oh, I should have said blah, 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 blah. That's the default mode network. Um, And it's where we, you know, catastrophize about the future, ruminate about the past, all of this. So happiness research, I loved happiness research when I was in undergrad, tells us that happiness isn't money, cars, relationships. Happiness is presence, fully embodied in the current moment that we were having. Happiness is mindfulness. So if we're in the default mode network where we spend 48% of our day, we're inherently not present, right? Because we're we're somewhere else and we're very like self-thinking, self-centered. Um, so when we can quiet the DMN, we can shut the DMN down, we can go somewhere else, we can become present, and then we're going to be more happy. So basically, most people spend half their day not happy. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. So who would you like, who's a typical client that you work with? Um, like, do you work with entrepreneurs, mothers? Like, I just, I feel like my, where my brain is going is like, there's probably so many people that can benefit from this. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I have so many, um, like client journeys. Cause when I first started, it was definitely people who were really anxious. Um, and who just like, didn't really feel good about themselves. Weren't sure who they were didn't feel like they were able to be like fully expressed, um, trying to get their lives together. Um, but yeah, I'm probably had spent some time just like not feeling like themselves anxious. And then I had a couple clients, one client wanted to get off Adderall, like ADHD medication. Like she really didn't like the way it made her feel, but she didn't think she could focus. And she was interested in that. I've had clients with, um, traumatic brain injuries. That was a really cool client. She is doing really well. She had been hit by a car. I have now I, I'm having mothers. I have two conversations with mothers today. Actually, that's kind of a new because there's so many fun articles lately about like moms microdosing. So I think mothers are finding their ways to me, their way to me more naturally. Also, I'm not a mom, but I'm sure it's really freaking hard to like be emotionally available to your child all day too and just like take care of yourself. But I also have more and more entrepreneurs working with me who have their own, and it's normally coaches, coaching businesses, and they're kind of like, I just feel stuck. Like something just doesn't feel like it's working. So I want to figure this out. Yeah, no, I love that. So like, um, how do you, how do you work with someone? So like, how do you determine what's right for them? Um, because obviously like, like my husband's a pharmacist, so he, you know, when you're prescribing something, it's based on their weight, their height. Like there's like, there's things that go into determining like the correct dosage of whatever medications and I, I look at this in, in, a, in a way like a medication in some respects, because you're just trying to give them like this little dose so that they're not, you know, going on a, a, on a journey or a trip. And, and it's just like perfect for them. So like, how, how do you determine that? How do you like, how do you work with someone? Right. So there are so many different types of protocols. And I have found that the one that is the best is Stamets protocol. Um, Paul Stamets is like the father of, of mushrooms and his protocol 
does has so many things available in it, right? Like, so that can be creatively focused. It can be focused around easing anxiety um, and depression. So because it's so kind of like um, all encompassing, that's the one that I, I choose and I gravitate toward. On the other hand, like, you know, um, James Fadiman, and so Stamets protocol calls for the smallest dose possible, 0.1 grams. James Fadiman is really the father of microdosing. He's the one who coined this idea and started working with it. But his protocol calls for like 0.5 grams, which to me, that is not a microdose anymore. And like, I love him for bringing the practice in. Um, I've never met him personally, but I do like, I think that's an important conversation. And, and he has had the conversation, but to me, that's just like, it's too much. So what I will say is that my the protocol I work with in my program is so small that it is definitely okay for for everyone, right? Like I'm not a very big person. You know, I've had clients that are like five feet tall and slender and like it's totally okay. They don't have a an ab reaction. Um, what I will say is when I first started doing this work, I have an ex-boyfriend who's also a business partner in a different area of my business and he wanted to try microdosing and he's this big dude, right? He's six four. And so I started him on Stamets protocol. And it also worked for him and he didn't have to take more than like one capsule, which just has the 0.1 grams. But like, theoretically, if I was working with a bigger person, we could talk about increasing it um, based on body weight to maybe 0.2 grams. But the 0.1 gram is always safe. And thus far, it's always been effective, no matter if you're like a a larger person, like my big ex-boyfriend. So it's like we, it works. It works for everyone. And it's, it's also very low so that no one's going to trip. Yeah. So like how, so, so I'm assuming it's safe to go to work, to drive, to do all of those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's much less noticeable. Like, so for me, Benadryl really puts me in a weird spot. I get a little weird on Benadryl, but like, it's much safer than taking a Benadryl. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, I, I understand the, maybe some confusion or, or misconceptions around it totally, because, you know, unfortunately this has sort of become like a there is like a counterculture narrative around it and there's like a party narrative around it, but it is so, so safe. You are completely safe to go about your day, to have conversations, to care for your children because you're not ever getting to the point of feeling like, oh, like I took something, right? Which is where you kind of are on Fatiman's protocol, which is like, to me, not the point. Mm-hmm. So I, the one thing that I wanted to go back to, um, it was something that you said earlier um, when you were introducing yourself is you talked about like how you weren't in your body a lot of the times. And, and a couple of minutes ago, you talked about how this like really helps you get into your body. So like, why can, can you explain to people, like, why is it important to be in your body and what that means? Yeah. So what I found most interesting about like the mind body connection is that like trauma is stored two ways, right? Like it's not enough to do mindset work. And that's where I think like the coaching biz sometimes is like missing the mark because we can talk about our story and our trauma and we can heal it and we can do the air process like in, in NLP and we can do all these things, but until we begin to like also heal our bodies and become present in our bodies, the trauma isn't actually gone. It, it's still there and it's still affecting us. So that's why people like, you know, can, can go to coaches, can go to therapists, but unless they're actually doing something that's integrating the healing in their bodies in a way that brings presence back, um, then it, it's not really effective. It's kind of not even really worth your time because you're just letting things ruminate and stick in your body. And so I once had a mentor tell me, um, body leads, mind follow. And it's so true. Like our bodies, 
are so intelligent. Our minds are also intelligent, but unfortunately, because of the way they come pre-wired, they're not always necessarily supportive and we get to be active in the rewiring process. But, you know, I'm always, and I maybe this is also because I'm a splenic projector. I'm always most powerful when I can just take an inhale and an exhale and trust my body and the instinct that comes first, mm-hmm. right? The first premonition from my intuition without like overanalyzing it. Your body is, is really smart and that's where our innate intelligence is. And we get to come back into our bodies in order to follow that. So I found that like when I realized, oh my goodness, I dissociate hardcore. I was on this road trip. Thankfully, I wasn't driving. My friend was driving completely sober. And I had this experience where I was like, I felt like a little person in my body. And I was like seeing my life. Like I was not in control of the driver's seat at all. And I was like, what is happening to me. And it was, wasn't like a mental breakdown, but it was like this very overwhelming sensation of like, I don't belong in my body. Like my body isn't mine. I'm not here. What's happening. What is this life? And then I realized I can trace memories back in childhood after my dad died. We're like, I would just associate whenever I started to feel uncomfortable because that's how my, my body and my mind kept me safe after this like very traumatic experience at such a young age. And so that's why when I found breath work, I was just so excited because it, it, it makes your body feel good. Um, and I had a lot of body image issues. Like I ate for comfort after my dad died and like food was a weird thing for me. So it was just like a lot. It was a lot feeling like I don't like the way my body looks. I don't feel comfortable in my body. I'm not actually in my body. And so these somatic experiences have allowed me to really transmute that and to like not only feel good about my body and to own my body and to care for my body, but like when I can like, when I get in a really good breathwork session or when I go to hot yoga and I'm so like connected and in the flow, I just like, that's when I feel my most amazing. Yeah. I, so I so relate to this. Um, so I would always disassociate from my body and, and this is, um, like, I think there's, it's not, specific to any of the energy types in human design. I think anyone, regardless of your energy type can do that. But I think projectors, especially when we get into this like hustle mode. So I found in undergrad is probably when I noticed it the most, or at least when I became aware of what I was doing, because you're, you're forcing, you're hustling, you're pushing, you're doing things that are just so like against (laughs) what it is that you are here to do and here to bring to the world and how you're meant to operate. And so when we're doing these things, whether it's trauma or whether it's, um, you know, just how we go about our lives, we just disassociate with our body. And for me, like, and, and everyone, regardless of the modality for me, human design really allowed me to like tap back in to understand, okay, like my body is communicating to me at all points in time. And so I have, I have, I'm an emotional authority. So I I've got my emotions and like feeling my emotions. I would often just repress emotions and just like disassociate so that I don't feel it. But then I also have a defined spleen just like you. So it's like tapping into like, what is that? Like, instinctive, intuitive knowing and, and that feeling in our body. And so like generators and manifesting generators, it's that gut feeling. It's that, that gut knowing that what is right and what's wrong for you. And when I started tapping into that and knowing like how my body communicates to me, it was like, oh my gosh, like game over. Of course I want to be in my body. Of course I want to be able to feel this. Of course I want to sense this. And, and those emotions that we 
ride the waves that we ride or those, um, you know, getting over those traumatic experiences, those sorts of things, like we're meant to feel that in order to process it, in order to overcome it, in order to integrate it back into who we are and, and take the lessons and the learnings from, from each of those things. So I'm, I'm glad we, I'm glad you brought that up and chatted about that because I think it's just so natural and whatever the modality is, whether it's breath work, human design, whatever it is, like they're just having that way to come back to our bodies because oftentimes, and also I'm, I don't know, do you, have you ever read, um, Carolyn Miss books? She's, she's, um, so she's really big into like energetics work and like the connection between energy and body. And so mm-hmm. I read one of her books, um, the anatomy of spirit, And that was also a game changer in terms of myself, like understanding how, you know, like when ideas and inspiration come in, it comes in through our head center and it filters through our body and it needs to ground itself into the ground before we can actually bring it to life or to manifest it. So like we get an idea for a program in our business. It's like you get the download and it's got to be able to like filter through your body. Yeah ground into the ground and then come back up in order for us to actually like take action and and manifest in it, manifest it. And um, so if you have like blocked energy centers or you're not in your body, it's really hard for those ideas and inspiration to actually come to fruition in the way that you desire them to. And, and so that was also another, (laughs) another turning point for me in terms of learning about like, yeah, like your body and how important it is. Um, in addition to like the spirit and the energetic side of things too. So my cat just got so excited when you were talking he hopped up. He was like, yes, definitely energetics. It's so funny because I think my cats are like energy, like animals for me, right? Like they really connect with my energy and like can read it. And we're also like interconnected or like a weird little <laughs> energy family, but it's true. It's, I actually want to go on a, I'm going to have another conversation after this. And particularly about energetics in business, because some people think it's such like a woo idea, but really when your energy is dialed in, like that's when everything happens. Like to me, it's a very practical, it makes sense in a practical scientific way. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people just like disregard it, but I think it's so important. I know it's so important. Yeah. Well, and so many like common things can impact your energy. So for example, like mothers, it's like you're putting pressure on yourself to show up on social media when your kids are screaming in the background. It's like, well, your energy is, is chaotic. It's sporadic. Is that the right time to, to show up when you're feeling that way? Like, um, so energetics and like getting behind, like what it is that you want to offer. Like there's like integrity behind that, you know, do you truly believe in your offers? Like there are things that, that come into play that impact your energy at such a, such a profound way that we don't always realize, but they're just common things. Like, um, I, I was talking to a client and she was so ticked off at her husband because he called her business a hobby. And I was like, do you think that impacts your energy? Of course it does. That's, that's playing with like playing with like how you're showing up. It's, it's like programming that's like running at the back of your mind. That's impacting how you um, perceive yourself based on that. So how do you, how do you set boundaries around that? All of those sorts of things like energy, energy gets that woo woo connotation, but it has such a concrete and foundational and very common mainstream impact in, in each of our lives. And, you know, as a, a projector, like I 
can't believe I made myself like do this like hustle and grind thing in the law for so long because now you just say the word like generator and manifest a generator. I'm like, oh my God, I'm already tired. Yeah. <laughs> like I already gotta go take a nap. You guys just exhaust me. Right. Cause it I've I've learned like I'm never gonna be that person. I take a nap every day. I love it. I like to lay down. <laughs> like I'm cozy. And I still do very well in my business because I'm not trying to make myself into something I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it is. It's like standing in this confidence, this power, this knowing that I, when I show up, when I do the things, like it is perfect for me. It is the right time for me. And, and my path is my own path and, and not others. And, and I think I I love how you brought up like the nap piece too, because I think there's like so many misconceptions about how like, that's all projectors do. All we do is we just like take naps and rest, but it's just like, when we're on, we are so much more efficient and productive. And we do things differently because it's more about our insights and our, our wisdom versus like building something and creating something. Um, So yeah, so it's just, it's just a, a different vibe there. Yeah. I just think about it. Like I'm not output based in the way like people conceive of, right? Like I can't, I guess I could like go, you know, build massive structures, right? That's like not my, that's not my zone of genius, but the output I do have the way I support and put a mirror up for my clients and, you know, guide them to their gaps and have them confront those things and heal those things. Like that's my power. And it's not so like, products based, right? Like you're never going to see me create 17, um, I don't know, pieces of pottery or something. That's just not how I vibe. It's, it's through like my zone of genius. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we haven't even really talked about your human design. I've just been so curious about your background and your history. So tell everyone, um, so you've already said you're a splenic projector. What, what is your profile? Oh, I actually don't, I couldn't tell oh. you off the top of my head. You can tell okay, me. <laughs> so I have pulled your chart. So you are a two, four split. Okay. And so what I think is so cool about that with the, the two, four, as I've gotten to learn more about you over the, this last, uh, these last few minutes is that two line is really all about uh, a natural gift. So it's called the hermit, but you just have this like natural you know, a gift that you can tap into. And to me, what it seems like is like, you just have this like wisdom about you. You just have this like way of seeing things differently and supporting people. And, and I just think that that is, that is so cool. And oftentimes people, the, the hermits have like just this very like unique perspective that no one else does. And, and I can see that in you, um, very much so. And, and the fourth line is all about community and that's really what you're creating right now. You're building this, this community of women, entrepreneurs, even men, I'm assuming you've supported as well. Like yeah, new men are enrolling, which is fun. Mm-hmm. I like different energies. I love that you. I love it. It's a hermit though, because I my favorite feeling is like being cozy at home. Yeah, I am a little it, bit of a hermit. It's it's like a bit of this like contradictive energy where it's like I just want to be at home and cozy and alone and doing my thing, but you also have this like desire to be around people and build these like deep connections with people, whether it's intimate one-on-one or whether it's in like a group community setting, like you just, you just desire to be around people. And 
my husband's actually a two, four profile too. And like, he loves his alone time, his time at home, his space, but he has such a big group of friends and like also loves those, those social interactions too. I can be a very social bunny for sure. Um, but I definitely need the time at home to recharge. So that's super cool. Yeah. I love the microdosing community that just keeps like growing and growing and growing and, um, you know, tying it back all the way to the beginning. It's just so amazing when I hear people say like, for me, the biggest one was this woman and she was one of my first clients who I took through this. Um, she just had such bad depression and had for like a decade and she just felt so like the best way she described it was she has this big golden retriever that she loves, but she just like couldn't even find the energy to vacuum. So she would go like a month without vacuuming through all these hairballs and like all this stuff. And so after the first round of microdosing, even she was like, it's just different now. Like I can have like a tough moment and I know that there's something on the other side. Like I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And then, you know, round two, she messaged me and was like, this is so powerful. Thank you so much. Like I'm feeling so much better. And she just keeps growing and growing in that way. And that to me was like everything because life isn't meant to be like that. Like it just broke my heart when she told me how awful she felt from her depression. I was like, you deserve to be happy. Everyone deserves to be happy and to feel better about themselves. Yeah. I love that. That's such a, that's such a strong mission and such a strong purpose to, to impact people's lives in that way. Because I do think that there is a huge mental health crisis that we have right now and looking at alternative ways versus the traditional medication, the traditional health system, because I don't believe that. And and I say this with my husband being a pharmacist, but I don't believe that drugs as they are today are always the answer. Like I always, I truly believe like now that I've done this work, there are these like underlying issues in our lives. Like the way that we look at things, the way that we see things like our conditioning and, and, and oftentimes it just like starts with us and, and understanding like what is causing this. Like a lot of disease is just like energy stuck in our bodies that we're just like not allowing to release. And that literally <laughs> that can be through just like, you know, experiences in our lives. Like, um, and so to have a way to have a modality that helps us uncover that to help us understand that to help us release that and and find a way that that doesn't have to go through the traditional um medication route um like i think even and maybe we could go down a rabbit hole but like even birth control for women oh my god i felt like a crazy person i don't like that word but i felt nuts so on birth control i hated it yeah, like the hormonal birth control, um, it how much that impacts people's lives. Like I am currently on a healing process from being on birth control. Like, and and so the fact that we like put these things in our body just because, well, that's what we've been told. That's what our doctors tell us to do. That's that's what everybody does. It's like, well, I think people are starting to question like, what is it that we're putting in our bodies and what is the impact of it? Like, what are we giving kids? So many kids are on Adderall. Are you kidding me? That's just like government regulated mess. That is insane to me. Like we need to stop doing that. How powerful would it be if we like taught children mindfulness and ways to like sit with their emotions and feel them and, and process them instead of doing this. Like it's so cheesy. I talked about this in my story yesterday, but like hurt people, hurt people. And I know this world will change when we can let people like teach people how to love themselves and heal themselves and feel better about themselves because then we interact 
with each other in a way that is beautiful and supportive and kind. Like so much conflict could be avoided and, and stopped if we were just stopped avoiding this stuff and didn't like if we gave people tools like who cares about geography I'm I'm not great at geography like let's teach kids how to meditate yeah I know I totally totally agree I think about like the the things that I have learned over the past three to five years in terms of personal development human design all of all of the things like I can't wait to share that with my kids. Like my, my kids are one and three. So they're, they're not at that quite at that age. Like I'm already trying to like start teaching my daughter who's three, like a little bit more about like emotional regulation. Um, but like, as these kids get older, the fact that we are doing this work, the fact that we are understanding ourselves, the fact that we are healing ourselves and understanding where our conditioning lies is inherently going to impact them. And it's inherently going to improve their lives because, you know, we can teach these things to our kids that we didn't have access to. And not that our parents did, did wrong or anything. It's just, they didn't know, they didn't know these things. And now all of this is coming to the surface and we're learning and we're evolving and we're growing and we can teach our kids. And so I'm just, I'm excited to see what this next generation is going to be like. as we support our children in this way that we weren't necessarily supported. Have you heard of uh, epigenetics? Mm-hmm. I love that idea, right? Like we do, because to me, I mean, we go really down like a little sciencey rabbit hole, but like time is, you know, time is everything's at once. So like when we can heal seven generations back and seven generations forward. Yeah. You know, I love to tell myself everyone's doing the best they can with what they have. Like, especially when my mom's really ticking me off and like, she's, she loves me and she's doing the best she can with the tools she has. Um, but it's so true. Like when we show up in a different way, we allow other people to show up in a different way and, and it's a ripple effect. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So before we wrap up, um, I always ask clients or people on this podcast, sorry, guests on this podcast, um, what is your quantum vision for your work? Where, like, what uh, is the like, highest vision that you have for your work in the world? Wow. Okay. Someone, <laughs> we, I just had this conversation recently, but I had this vision when I first started going through personal development and it's a little, it's a big one, but so basically I saw myself and now I see myself maybe working with these modalities, right. Of like, um, there's a lot to be said about like MDMA research now, like as a heart opener. And like, I don't facilitate with that because it's like that in, in no way I could not get a safe source, right. Of MDMA. Like that's just not feasible. And lots of other implications where psilocybin is pretty like we're good with a low dose of psilocybin. But anyway, I see myself facilitating conflict resolutions between like, you know, Putin and the American president at the time, like between, um, you know, warlords in Africa, like committing genocide against different like groups, because I really feel like coming back to the idea of hurt people, hurt people, people just want to be heard. And like anyone who treats someone like that, anyone who does those sorts of things, like is deeply hurt and wounded at their core, right? Like there's no doubt in my mind that Putin hates himself or he would not treat people like that. Like there's something there's like a need for control and something else. Like there's just a deep hurt in his heart. And I know people are like, you can't, ex- I don't know. There's this idea like you shouldn't extend sympathy to these people and blah, blah, blah. And they're just like messed up in the head. I truly don't believe that. 
I really believe we were all created in a really divine image. And somewhere along the way, something went wrong. So I see myself using these modalities to facilitate a peaceful conflict resolution where people feel heard and people feel met. And we can like get over this crazy drive for power into like to get joy from hurting someone else because we can't feel joy and access joy in and of ourselves. Hmm. That that is that is huge and powerful. I would have to say that like you definitely ha- have such a a large vision. I think out of all the guests that I've had so far on the podcast, it, it it's definitely the, and that's what I want. Like I want. I want people, this is my vision. I want people to think bigger than what they see today. I want people to just completely get out of their head and just like envision a world that isn't constrained, isn't constrained by your resources today, who you are today. Like, what is it that you desire? What is this quantum vision? And whether it's been a download or, you know, something that you've seen yourself stepping into, um, so I love that. Thank you for sharing such a big <laughs> Yes, I, I I love it. Um, I know I've I've shared this with people that are that are close in my life, but I've I I communicate like uh, I get ideas, drop downs, visions through my dreams, and I often would have these like dreams where I'm like speaking on stage in a stadium of thousands of people, and. I just knew in my soul that these are true, that these will happen, that this will be my story. And, and I will, I get these messages that like, I'm here to heal the world, that I'm here for big things. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how that's going to happen. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the how it just matters. This like knowing in our soul that this is what we're here to do. And we trust the nudges all along the way. So yeah, I just want to say that I I love that. I, I, I love the big vision that you have for yourself. I think, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. I really received that. I just really want people to hear what you said. It's like not important. The how doesn't really matter because as long as we're taking the next best step in this moment, aligned action, whatever that may be, like we'll get there. Like you don't need to stress about the how you just need to keep because nothing else is real. Only this moment we have right now is real. And we just get to keep living in the moment and following whatever is there for us. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, totally agree. So how can people connect with you? How can they reach out to you on social and and how can they work with you? Yeah, definitely come find me on Instagram at Julie Savone. Will that be in the show notes? Because my name's kind of, it's made up, first of all. (laughs) I have a made up name. And yeah, so come connect with me. Send me a message, like let's chat. If you have any questions about microdosing and then, yeah, definitely if this is something that interests you, um, there on my bio, you can book a call and we can talk about whether this is a great modality for you. And how about my program? It's it's amazing. It's built out, you know, it, it's like self-paced. So you can take yourself through it and um, you get all the information you need to get started. Um, or you can check out my website, also juliesavone.com. And I really look forward to connecting with you. And I, if you have any questions at all, like please reach out and ask because I truly love talking about this and having conversations and I'm always here for it. Yeah, no, I love that. So we both, we both have open head and open Ajna. So we are very open-minded people. Um, And so like something like this, that, you know, traditionally hasn't had um, a positive connotation. So we think like what we think of, you know, psychedelics, we think of hippies in the (laughs) sixties. And, and so 
I love talking to other people that are very open-minded and sharing these. So for anyone who's listened to this episode, I appreciate your open-mindedness throughout all of this and really embracing this, like understanding this as something that could really truly benefit you, friends, family, um, partners, all of that sort of stuff. So thank you so much for your time. I am so grateful for the time that you've spent with us. I really appreciate um, you having me on and facilitating this conversation and so cool to like, you know, learn more about myself and learn that I'm a little hermit. Um, Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Empowered Essence. If you loved this episode, don't forget to leave a rating and review on your favorite platform. And until next time, keep shining your light. Mm